So, Kevin, do you know what a Gundam is yet? So they're robots made of unobtainium? Ah. Good. Welcome to What's a Gundam, the internet's occasional podcast about Gundam Wing. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. We are going to be moving What's a Gundam to a monthly release on our Patreon. It will still be available for free to everybody very sporadically on this feed. But if you want more of us trying to figure out Gundam Wing in your life, you can go ahead and subscribe at www.lastpodcast.com slash Patreon, or you're already here, in which case, thank you very much. Now we're going to try to put together this episode, uh, which is episode three, Five Gundams Confirmed. It's been a little while since we've recorded, which is part of why I wanted to go to a monthly release. Yeah. So we don't go so long without. What do you remember about Gundam Wing, Kevin? Honestly, the last thing I remember about Gundam Wing was reading the manga. Yes, which we have done since, which covered some of the events of this episode. Like, what do you remember from the manga? Because it didn't get too honestly, far I, ahead of this. Yeah, I was like, honestly, I don't think anything in... The manga happened in this episode. The entire Zeppelin battle happened in the manga. Did it really? Yeah, and the Tall Geese reveal also happened in the manga. Okay, well, it shows you how much I was paying attention. Yeah, yeah the manga ends uh, not quite the same spot as this, but with Catra and Troa being like, hey, let's not fight. Okay. So it's good because the manga also revealed a bunch of stuff that like comes up either A, much later, or B, after the series. Yep. Like, I don't think we find out the actual plan for Operation Meteor until the OVA afterward. That's because there isn't a plan. There is a plan. It's a retconned in plan that makes sense. Yes. Um, but that's what I mean by there isn't a plan. Yes. What characters' names do you remember? Hero. Uh-huh. Zex. Good. You got, the, you got the most important ones. Yep. Death Scythe, which I realize isn't a character <laughs> name, but... Do you remember the character that we put on our manga list? No. You do not remember Duo Maxwell's name? Nope. Okay. Or Relina Peacecraft. Or, I'm sorry, Relina Darlin. Yes. That was not a Freudian slip. Don't worry about it. There's also Catcher and Troy. I don't know if we even have their names yet. Probably? I don't think so. So what did you think of this episode, Kevin? Was it more... Did it leave more of an impression when you watched it than when you... Than when I read, read it? it? Yes. Because I do think we talked... We, If you want to listen to Jumpstart Weekly, that's what that show is called. We did read the first volume of Gundam Wing Glory to the Losers, which we thought was kind of a bad adaptation. Yeah. And I was kind of... Even when reading that, I was kind of putting it into, I'm going to put this in short-term memory and then let it go away because I wanted to come to wing fresh. Fresh. Yeah. yeah, it seems like you mostly succeeded on that. Yes. Because you, there's only, I guess there are two more spoilers in Glory of the Losers, but I don't think either of them would have stuck out to you. Probably not. Like, the stuff in this episode is what I kind of expected you to have vague memories of, but you did not. Also, the whole uh, hospital scene is in Glory to the Losers Volume 1 as well, the hospital escape oh, okay. that we get in this episode. So yeah, do you have any thoughts on this episode before we get into it? No. All right, so let's go ahead and watch. If you want to watch along, you can do so on Crunchyroll. That's where we're doing it. It's also available on Hulu, I believe, if for some reason you subscribe to that. Yep. We've kind of skipped the intro, the intro on this episode, so. Well, yeah. What, we still have the same, like, intro of telling you what's going on with the world, I guess. Yeah. About how the Earth Alliance has invaded the colonies, so they Operation Meteored in return. Operation Meteor, where we send five independently working teammates to Earth 
We do not tell them about each other. We Yeah, we do not tell them about each other and hope they don't murder one another. Then we have kind of a flashback to what happened in the last episode with Duo confronting Hero and Relina, or I guess saving Relia, Relina from Hero uh, because Hero was trying to blow up his mech with some... Torpedoes. Tor- yeah, it was like some kind of torpedo thing. Honestly, this is a weird title for yeah. the episode. Yeah, since they confirmed that there were five Gundams in the first episode. Yeah, it was like five Gundams confirmed. Well, you confirmed there were five objects, and you've now, like, even if it's Zex, he's seen three of them. I just think this is the... Well, no, it's not. I was going to say all five Gundams are in this episode, but they're also definitely all five from the first episode. Yeah. It definitely is a weird... I guess they've now confirmed there aren't six. I don't know. I agree with you. It's a weird title. So anyway, we start by saving on animation by having three pan shots in a row, one of which is Trey's Kushinata about to shoot some stuff, and his lips are carefully hidden behind his gun, so they yes. do not have to animate them. He's talking to Zex on the video phone. Remember when we thought we were going to use video phones in the future? Yes. Uh, well, I, we kind of do. FaceTime is a thing. Sure. I do see the Muppets advertising it all the time. Yeah. So, but anyways, Zex is like, we should try to attack one of the Gundams in the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, and... Trace? Trace, there we go. Is kind of agreeing with him. Although he's got this, uh, their ability to handle mobile suits as combat is quite low. Yeah. Well, we will figure out later in this that the Oz Special Forces, the Specials as they're called at this point, are the primary mobile suit corps. Yeah. The Alliance definitely has some Leos, but not a lot. And Strace is like, you want to go? He's like, it's written all over your face that I'm not looking at and is mostly concealed by a mask. Yes. So he's like, not only am I not looking at you, I have my eye that's towards the video phone closed. So I couldn't even see you out of the corner of my eye. And his face is completely hidden by a mask. Like, it would have been better if it was I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. I mean, it's not completely hidden by a mask. It's like a Batman mask. Yeah. You can see, you can see his mouth. The jawline. Yeah. But I think it would have been better with uh, I can hear it in your voice. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, he's looking at a targeting range, and a bird flies above it, and he shoots that. Yes. And he's like, shoot them down for me, Zex. Then we cut to the sub, where Zex is like, wow, I can't believe we lost, or the cancer was defeated. Since it's specifically their latest model, so. Yep. Even the newest one can't really hurt the enemies. And Zex is like, we've lost five men. That's significant. That's as many as there are Gundams. Yep. And that's just me. So we're going to try to find them and figure out their objective. Basically, just do recon on them. Yes. Which I do like. I think this is kind of a rough episode. I didn't give my overall impressions of it. But I do like all of Zex's actions. Yeah. So he gets on his jet plane. See, this line seems weird to me. They succeeded in a mission that we thought was impossible. Like, I'm pretty sure he's talking about making Gundams. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's that or if it's what they've accomplished so far. Because the specials knew about Operation Meteor. It kind of let it happen is a bit much, but... They thought they were prepared, even though they thought the Alliance was not prepared. Yes. So I'm not really sure what he's referencing there either. You might be right. Yours probably makes the most sense as an interpretation. Yeah. It still could be like, uh, you know, they only landed five dudes. I can't believe five dudes did all this. And it was like, and mixed in with the fact that I can't believe they made Gundams. So we cut the general hospital where Hero has been strapped into a Frankenstein chair while they. He's on a cross, man. He's literally crucified. (laughs) He hasn't been nailed there. No, but he is literally strapped to a cross. True. This is our introduction to Sally Oh, God, Poe. that face. She will, yes. This freeze frame is bad. This was a very poorly drawn... Her face does not normally look this bad. You're not going to pause it on no. the same frame that we are. But my God, it's like off-center and it looks horrible. Anyway, the guy's like, oh, I saw, I thought I saw a fluctuation in his vitals, but never mind. 
and we see that he is bleeding out from his arm. Yes. On there. Uh, we also see that he's still bleeding from his bullet wound, which makes it look like they did not treat him at all. Yes. Which we'll find out later is not the story. Yeah, but that's it led to some confusion in one of the lines later. Yeah. I mean, I kind of had a feeling of what was going on. I don't know if I just remembered or if I figured it out, knowing what I know about Hero. But it is still a weird shot. Yeah. Like, if we saw him with a bandage and bleeding, it would be way more clear, I think. Yes. What's going on. So I hear is like, ah, oh, I've been captured. That's not good. But I do know where I am from this nondescript white building. Yes. He cast find location <laughs> or no location, so he knows exactly where he is. Anyway, Major Sally Poe's got a call from an encryption guy who's like, I can't get the access code to work. Anyway, we get some nice on-English screen about how to use the Twain device. Yes. Uh, a lot of click file. For best image accusation results, follow the instructions in the manual of your of your, your this document. Yep. Ah, I love it when they just throw English up on a screen. <coughs> Adobe Photoshop. Requirements for trade. Adobe Photoshop. A twin-supported device. A software from the... I mean, this is definitely just a manual they have. Copy-pasted, yes. Copy-pasted, but it's very good. Speaking of this, there's a bit in Sailor Moon where Sailor Mercury has a visor and all the... Uh, Input is in English, and it's the three directives of RoboCop. <laughs> anyway, one of the guys is like, should we use truth serum on him? But Poe is like, absolutely not. At his age, that could kill him. Yeah, which led me to the thing of like, um, you know, oh, it, that hit that could kill him. Well, uh, the bleeding out from the bullet wound will kill him. And he, it's not even a bandage. It's not like, oh, it's been just a little while and he's still bleeding. It's like, it's literally leaking out of the bullet hole. Well, he's bleeding from somewhere else. I can yeah. see why you see that from just that shot. It's super weird that the bullet hole's still there. I'll give you that. Yeah. So anyway, Duo is on a payphone. Remember those in the future. Yes. And he gives some coded messages to someone. And he's got a crush. And he's like, oh, gotta go into that hospital. Meanwhile, on Zex's jet plane, he's printed out the telemetry data of the mobile suit they are chasing. Yes. Which is the Shenlong. And he's like, well, it's slow. Judging from its speed, it's not as good as flying as the one I fought. And I was like, you mean there are different types of these? And Zex's like, yeah, we fought two of them. Keep up. Yep. I guess this is for if you haven't watched the previous episodes. He's like, this one won't show up at Corsica Base. It's going the other way. Which is kind of weird because, like, he doesn't mention that he knows the other ones are heading to Corsica Base. It, it's kind of, you infer that from here. But it's like, we're following this one. It's not going to make it to Corsica Base. Okay. Well, that comes up later when he tells the guy, hey, I know for sure one's not coming. Yeah, but I meant he hasn't mentioned that the, uh, like, saying, I know this one's not going to Corsica Base. Okay, so do you know the other ones are, or? Well, that's what they were talking about with Trace, that he thinks they'll attack there. Oh, was that? Yeah. Okay, I missed that. Or I guess I, I missed that that's what he was referring to. So we see the Shenlong attacking a supply depot, like Zek said he would. He waves his staff. I guess it's not a staff. It's a spear. And there are explosions. So he must have destroyed some things. The first time I saw this, I thought it was a scythe. Yeah, it definitely is animated that way. I think they're just trying to animate the like plasma swaying yes. as he swings. But Yeah, that's fair. But it just it. I was like, wait, that's not the death scythe. What's going on? <laughs> Cut to Relina, who's at General Hospital. And it's like, I want to see that boy I brought. Yeah, she's like, uh, what do you mean you're not letting in visitors? And she's like, oh, you were the person that brought him in. So anyway, Major Sally Poe shows down. It's like, hey, sup? Ara, Ara, tell me about this cute boy. Yes. And she's like, cute boy? Okay. Sure. You're talking down to me and I don't like that, but sure. I definitely like the uh, tech who's supposed to be watching the monitors, <laughs> is reading the newspaper, glances over and goes, no changes. Ah, uh, my favorite level of Star Fox 64 is uh, Sector 6, which starts with, came in here, no problems, 
explosion. Do you copy? Emergency maneuvers! <laughs> it's very good. It's also very sected about that well. Yep. I always love those things where it's like uh, the infiltration team is literally waiting for the check-in to give them the longest time possible to do something. So they literally wait for the dude to say, yeah, no problems over here. And then he gets stabbed. Yeah. So we get the hero trying to Superman flex his way off the cross, but he's not strong enough. He is bending one of the the arms a little bit. Duo hackings into one of the monitors and is like, hey, shh. And he starts talking. And we hear him saying, hey, you're, you know, like a player character. I'm sure you took lip reading. We all took lip reading so we'd be able to talk to each other at character creation, right? Yes. Anyway, I'm going to get you out, but you have to hang out for a minute. Yep. Well, then I really love, uh, he's like, hey, can you lead rips or read lips? And then Hero closes his eyes and Duo continues to talk to him for some reason, expecting him to have taken part in the conversation. And he was like, yeah, you even like managed to wake up while faking that you were still in a coma. Coma. Yeah, you managed to regain consciousness while... uh not increasing your brain waves or pulse. That's impressive. I don't know how brain waves are measured, but I assume that the weight reason he cut himself is we'll find out later, so his pulse would stay yeah. slow. Anyway, on the elevator from Evangelion, Sally Poe's like, I'm very interested in that cute young boy. I, he seems like he's some sort of player character. And I was like, I don't know, seems like a normal guy to me. He never threatened to shoot me or jumped a horse up to the top story of a school or hacking his way into my school after dropping from space yes totally normal things from him anyway so i was like what's your name she's like literally a darling it's like oh shit like the voice for our minister's daughter and i do like that she's very casual and like yeah i'm his disobedient daughter yeah and then i like forgive me if i said something to upset you what my dad's name and she's like anyway can i see kiro now and she's like oh is that his name you've activated my trap card I do like she decides to just go complete confidence with it instead <laughs> yes. of. It's a very well animated shot of her like struggling like, yeah, I'm like his closest friend. He came to my birthday party. He did not rip up the invitation and threaten to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is his closest friend because he knows who she is <laughs> yes. as opposed to anyone else in the school. But And she hasn't shot him. He knows two people. Yes. One has shot him. Both are trying to rescue him. So I guess that's good for him. Anyway, she jumps up. And you're like, hey, wh- why have you tied him down? And she's like, well, we don't know what's up with him. We have to. And also, <laughs> he's much too strong for us. I mean, even if he's got an 18 in strength, he is like 15 years old. Yeah. He's not a cyborg. Spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the strength that only increases your muscle mass. Like if you're, I know there's plenty of, not settings, but there's things explained uh, and a lot of the lit RPGs that I read that are like, if you have a tiny build, even if you have an extremely high strength stat, you're not going to be as strong as like the half-orc who also has the same strength stat. Like he's just got more muscle. But anyway, I do love the, he's too strong for us. Hasn't he been unconscious this whole time? Well, you would still tie him down, right? I mean, that makes sense to me. It's just a weird explanation. Yeah. But they're like, we're, we just got to ask him some things and then we can untie him. And she's like, yeah, sure. Wait, he's not in the Alliance military? And I do like that she just assumed this for whatever reason. Yep. But then Poe's like, let's talk downstairs. And she agrees. Just in time for a bomb to go off as Duo blows his way into the hospital room. Yep. Unleash the doctor force to proceed to do nothing. Right. Anyway, Duo's trying to free him. And he's like, hey, lend me your knife. And he's like, hey, what happened to your hand? And we see he somehow cut it on the restraint. I'm guessing he just pulled at the restraint enough to, like, you can cut yourself okay, on shackles, true. essentially. So that's he probably true. just did that with his hand. That makes sense. But it seems weird that Duo is like, I don't know how to get you out of this. And Hero is like, you take knife and go through the restraint. <laughs> that's how knife works. 
He rolled a one on his free hero check. <laughs> Meanwhile, hero got a 20 on his escape artist check. Oh, he had a knife. He got a bonus. DC with knife is not that hard. I no. I like the idea that, he, you know, it's, it's three five rules. He tried to sunder it and just didn't quite do enough damage. <laughs> low damage roll. There he you was go. like, I, they just told me how strong I am. Let me. Oh, wait, I'm strong? Anyway, they run to a l- window. Duo decides to blow it out with a grenade for some reason. I feel like a gun would have been fine. But sure, let's do some terrorism in a hospital while we're yep. here. And it creates a perfectly square hole for them to jump out of because it, I guess it does just blow out the, the window. Glass, yeah. Yeah. It's the same. All of the windows are perfect squares. Anyway, he gives Hero a parachute. He's got his little, like, crutch he used to, like, get his way in is some sort of weird thruster cane. So he Mary Poppins his way down while Hero's free falling. And he's like, dude, release your parachute. That's how parachutes work. And Hero's like, no, I'm going to do a cool superhero landing. And Joe's like, okay, you do look very cool. Please open your parachute so you do not die. Yep. I really like the, uh, I'll have nightmares over this. (laughs) Sally and Relina get to the window, and they are staring down. Relina shouts Hero's name, and he opens his eyes and activates the parachute. Yep. But Duo's like, nah, dude, it's too late for that now. Don't you know physics? Yep. And Hero is like, fuck physics. So he jumps over to a cliff and just rolls down like he's an ocarina of goddamn time. Yep. Well, I mean, if you... If you were falling at terminal velocity and you landed at a hill and started running perfect, like, if you did everything perfectly, you could actually survive falling from orbit. If you ran down a hill, like, if you managed to get yourself moving at an angle, found a hill that was at the exact same angle and started running down it, it would, like, theoretically work as a physics problem. So, like, this is technically physically possible. Also, I don't think he's at terminal velocity because he did activate his parachute. So no. that would have slowed him down. No, I but I meant like you could survive a fall from terminal velocity by doing that, by running down a hill at the proper angle. Like it's not like you have to be at terminal velocity for that to work. It's just a weird yeah. physics thing of you could actually survive terminal velocity by running down a hill as long as the hill was correct. And we find out he does not survive this unscathed, but it was a dumb thing to do. Anyway, Hero stands up. Relita's like, huh. And Sally Poe's like, huh. Don't want to fight that asshole. Yeah. He's alive? Incredible. I hope he's not our enemy. So Duo floats down Mary Poppins style. Let's his thruster cane go. And Hero's like, oh, I shouldn't. I should have had more guts. I shouldn't have used my parachute. And Duo's like, hey, I'm cool if you want to kill yourself. But if you can't do it from that high, do it some other way. Which I do like that it's the idea that Hero did not jump from high enough. Not yes. that he did not do some incredible acrobatics. Yes, I do like that. I also kind of would have liked it with him being like, hey, I understand you wanted to kill yourself. Don't do it in front of me. <laughs> that does seem more like a duo line. Anyway, duo grabs him to help him with his, we'll find out, broken leg. And well, I like, mean, you can even see that he's, all of his weight is on the other leg. Well, like when he stood up, the other one was basically just hanging at his side. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I understand if you don't trust me, but I'm literally your only friend right now. Yep. Thankfully, I have this autonomous boat. Yeah, he's got a radar boat that well, he presumably takes Hero to. Yeah, but it, like... Is Duo working with people? Because he sent coded messages, so I'm assuming so, but, like, we never see them. They make it seem like he's piloting everything remotely. I think next episode, I do know Duo is working with people who I assume are on the boat, and I assume we'll meet them Well, that was the same thing, because he he sent the coded message. Like, Mm -hmm. he didn't send a coded message to himself. That would be stupid. Duo does have a crew. I do not know where they are right now or how large it is at this point. Yeah, but the the other guy also has a crew, so it makes sense that some of them have allies. And that brings us to the eye-catch. And basically another episode. Yeah. I guess the, the Zex Trey stuff carries through. 
Anyway, they're like, hey, Leo mobile suits are definitely being made at Corsica still after a mysterious explosion. Everything is fine. Don't worry. We will resume at full capacity without further problems. That's a bold statement. Anyway, but specials are going to be deployed there. Yep. And we see, I want to say Commander Oswald, but I know that's not his name. Or his rank. So, we see a new character. He's yep. not going to be here long. Zach's super cool plane shows up. And he's like, haha, I managed to make it on time for the cemetery. Cemetery. The <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> that was a fraudulent slip that ended up working pretty well. Uh, uh, meanwhile, we found out Commander Bonaparte is doing something risky because he wants to go on a blimp. Yeah, he's going to hang out in his battle blimp. And he's like, uh, trust me, this is the best way to do it. Nobody can defeat a blimp. They're like, the specials are just battle-hungry morons that want to show themselves off when we don't even need to fight. Plus, we're probably not going to get attacked even. They suck. And we get some exposition on the specials and how basically they were the first ones to use mobile suit combat and they have instructed most of the Alliance in how to use it. Yep. Trey's is the leader. Zex is also high up, as we know. They are the basically the special forces for mobile suits and they have such a good battle record, they're allowed to act autonomously, which rubs a lot of traditional soldiers the wrong way. Yeah. I feel like this has all been hinted at before, but since I know this, I don't know if I'm just... This might be the first time it's been said out loud, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I knew they were part of some special unit, but, like, this is more explanation into, like, especially the autonomous thing. Like, I thought Oz was, like, a faction, but knowing that they're doing well enough that they're literally autonomous was new. Yeah, and Gundam Wing loves to do little, like, sidebars like this. Yeah. It's one of the things I actually kind of don't like about it, but I think this one's fine. Panning shots. Oh, lots of those. Uh, they are saving all the money on the animation they can. Anyway, he's like, the specials just think this is a game, but it's war. And war is hell. Yeah. If we proceed cautiously, we'll avoid unnecessary battle in the first place. I'll teach them about smart battle from my smart blimp. Zeppelins. So Zex is like, so Commander Bonaparte's not meeting me because he's busy in a Zeppelin? And yeah. I heard the guy didn't like me, but. My apologies. Zex is like, meh, I kind of understand. Uh, so Officer Walker, that's his name. He there shows up on a motorcycle, and Zach's like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. He's like, yeah, you're exactly the same, Lieutenant. He's like, so I hear you got a machine for me. He's like, yes, please follow my motorcade. I want to show you something. And then we get a pan-up of the tall geese. I love that it is literally holding its head. I don't know that I've ever seen that in a Gundam series before. Probably, yep. but it's a super good shot. And uh, spoilers, I love the tall geese. So anyway, they note that it's huge by mobile suit standards. And... He's like, yeah, it's larger than the Leo. It was a prototype, but that was considered to be too big to use. But data-wise, it's the only thing we have that compares to the Gundams. And I was from this base originally, so I thought of it immediately when you sent me the data. Yep. Which is some cool exposition. Yeah. I don't really like the fact that he was like, uh, I understand the explanation of like why they didn't put this into production, but he doesn't say... You know, it was too big. It's like essentially it was too costly to put into production. So we decided to shrink all of the mobile suits. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're supposed to get from this, but it's not his exact words. Yeah. He says something else on. He says it's too big to produce. Specific. I don't even think he says it's too big to produce. I'm pretty sure that's what he says. Okay. So anyway, he's like, so take, take this, finish it, and then you can compete with the Gundams probably. And so Zex is like, hey, you counting on dying? Red flag. And he's like, hey, you told me to always fight for the soldiers of tomorrow. So that's what I plan on doing. I've lived by that advice. I mean, that that is a good line. Yeah. And Zex is like, yeah, you're braver than you used to be. How many do you think are going to come? And Walker's like, well, I expect the maximum. That's what you taught me. Yep. And Zex is like, well, I can guarantee that one isn't coming. Yes. So he's like, there are four. I know one isn't coming. And Walker's like, hey, I'd be grateful if we just took out one. Anyway, people are like, hey, Commander Bonaparte, please don't. 
Zeppelin? And he's like, ah, no enemies are coming to Walker's. Like, oh, no, they definitely are. And he's like, they are? Telepathy? Yes. But he's like, no one would challenge this base. Look at all our guns and Leos. And the Zeppelin. But, but Zach's again with telepathy. He's like, yeah, they will. And then we cut to the heavy arms shooting all its missiles. Yep. And then there's random bullets flying from the specials into the air. I think that's the ones they see. But I think I assume that's missed shots. But well, anyway. The trajectory was into the air. Most of the that's rest true. of the shots make sense. But that like that scene right there where they're just kind of like firing randomly into the air is like, why? So Walker's like, we'll attack. And he's got a unit of Ares, which are the flying mobile suits. They're cool. They're black. They have little jet pods. Yep. We see a bunch of Leos just get riddled with bullets and then explode. Maybe they were shot at jets because we see the heavy arms like shooting some shots into the air to take out some jets. Okay. But for some reason, he can't hit the battle Zeppelin. Yes. But anyway, uh, Commander Bonaparte's like, we'll just surround it and destroy it because there's only one. Yeah, and it's not showing up on the radar and then manages to shoot out their cameras. But not the Zeppelin. Maybe he's just like, a Zeppelin can't possibly harm me, so I don't want to waste bullets. I mean, that makes sense. They surround him with tanks. But they're tanks in a Gundam series, so they basically just blow up. Yeah. Troa, the pilot, is like, ah, yes, he's making the correct strategic decision. Unfortunately, I am in a Gundam. Yeah. He didn't know about my secret chest machine guns. Yes. That I just fired in a sock, but it shot earlier. Yeah, I do really like, though, with him being like, uh, you're making the correct call. It just sucks that I'm better than all of you. And like, oh, no, how could we have screwed this up so bad? I was so confident that my battle Zeppelin was invincible. How could this have possibly got wrong? Well, I mean, you know, it's still there. So, like, that is impressive for a battle Zeppelin. So the Ares show up. They're like, hey, get the commander to retreat and everyone else just surround him and attack. And he's like, hey, make sure that they get all the bat- data on this battle for the soldiers of the future. And Bonaparte's like, I'm sorry. I suck, I guess. My battle Zeppelin failed. I forgot. It's the perfect defense. It has no offense, though. It's not the Gara Zeppelin. <laughs> yes. Well... So to kind of play devil's advocate for Commander Bonaparte, I actually do really love Zeppelin combat. Not like the steampunk Zeppelin combat. Not specifically like this looks like just a real Zeppelin. Like that's a really weird spot for your command post to be in a Zeppelin. Because there's only the, you know, a Zeppelin has like a tiny cabin compared to the size of the blimp. But I'm talking about like the steampunk. You like like airship combat. Yeah. Yeah, so do I. But apparently this is, like, I'm pretty sure this is the only Zeppelin we see in Gundam 1. Yeah. I could be wrong. I'm just saying, like, I, I really like the aesthetic of Zeppelin airship combat, even if it doesn't make sense. So we cut to a catwalk where Zex is talking with his dumb sidekick. And, and it's a catwalk that leads to nowhere. I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, good point. Yeah, because they're standing in front of a railing, so there's like a catwalk. It's like a balcony. <laughs> it's just a long Yeah, balcony. it's an extremely <laughs> long balcony next to the hangar. So anyway, Zex's dumb sidekick is like, hey, we loaded up the tall keys, we're ready to go. Um, I want to head out my Leo and fight them. And Zex is like, don't, don't just like go die. Bad idea. I already feel super guilty about abandoning them. So yep. please don't. Yeah, he's like, I'm about to convince myself to protect the tall keys. Don't make it harder. The weird shadows under his eyes in that shot look really weird. Like the shadows under his mask just don't look good. There's a lot of bad animation in Gundam Wing. I will give you that. The Ares start shooting at the heavy arms. They start circling it, but he's got a knife and he cuts one in two. And in any other Gundam series, that Ares would have exploded when it is cut straight in two. Yes. But instead, it just awkwardly hangs there for a few minutes. And I do like when we get it like smoking on the ground later. Yeah. It sure looks weird just hanging out in the air defying physics. Like, yes. The second one explodes, though. (laughs) I mean, it flies away and then explodes. So Tro's out of bullets. There's some cool spinning barrels. I do like that he drops the gun, even though it's got a shield on it. Which I yep. feel like could be somewhat useful. 
So Aries like, we did it. He's out of bullets. But Walker's like, stay on guard. And one's like, I'm going in. He's like, idiot. Did you not just see him stab two guys? Yep. We can't afford a mistake. And Trevor resigns himself to his fate, apparently. But then the Aries that goes in gets shot from off screen right through the head, which causes him to explode for some reason. Yep. And there's a hail of gunfire from off screen that takes out pretty much all the Aries except for Walker's. Because the Magnac core is here. I do like the designs on these guys. Like, I especially love, there's a shot in the middle there of a guy with, like, a scarf. Yeah. I do like... It's like it's, the Desert it's, Raider. It's dumb because you don't need that on a mobile suit, but it does give them a very distinct look, and I do yeah. appreciate that. Especially because these are, like, desert combat units. Yeah. So I, I really liked the scarf on it, even though it's just like, why Why would a Gundam need a scarf? Maybe it gets cold. So Walker's like, I'll take you other Gundam as the Sandrak shows up and just crushes it with its swords. In, like, a, a pincer attack. And Zex is like, I'm t- time for me to go. Part of me really wants those glasses. So they, uh, somebody made glasses that cause a light sheen like happens in <laughs> anime. So you, like, you hit a button and the glasses literally just go bright white like they do in anime. And I was like, part of me really wants a pair of those glasses just to be funny. Yeah, it's about the only reason you'd need them. So, anyway, Catra and his army of Maganax confront the heavy arms. And they're like, well, looks like he's out of bullets. And that pilot isn't relying on any firearms. Yes, he is. (laughs) Meanwhile, Zex's shuttle takes off. Catra's like, oh, we should probably stop that. But he can't because he gets charged by the heavy arms. It's too bad he doesn't have, you know, like 10 other guys with bullets behind him. Meh. He told them not not to interfere. And they're not interfering at all. So we get some grappling between the Sandrock and heavy arms. I'm kind of torn on it. It looks really slow. um, Yes. And these would be slow and heavy. But I think part of the appeal to me about Gundam over and Japanese mecha shows over like American ones is they tend to be unreasonably agile. Yeah. Um, This does make them both both strong, but I'm just a little torn on it. Also, one of the things that really bothers me, uh, the heavy arms blade is backwards. Yep. The blade is behind. So all he did was slap the side of the sand sand rock. Yes. Slap the side of the sand rock with the back of his blade like why would you design a blade that comes out backwards why not have it come out forward so or, that you can or use be double-sided it? or yeah or be double well actually uh being double-sided in a mech makes a ton of sense i was like i understand the one-sided blade in actual combat you yes. can do a lot more stuff with a one-sided blade but it's like wh- why wouldn't you just have it have two sides <laughs> so the blonde one is like this isn't right it's like no and then he opens his cockpit to surrender like, hey, we should, and he yells, hey, you and I shouldn't be fighting. I removed my goggles. And everyone's like, what? So he gets out, and he's like, well, I give up. I surrender. Arms up. As the theme song starts playing for some reason in this dramatic moment. Yes. But the other one's like, hey, I surrender My goggles first. are back. I like continuity errors like that. I mean, I don't like them, but I like pointing, pointing them out. out. Yeah. And somehow they're now surrounded, even though <laughs> we see the other mechs not moving during any of the rest of the fight. So anyway, back to Duo's boat. He's fished out the death site. This is a completely different boat because it's got a crane rig. He also pulls out heroes and he's like, hey, you could show me some gratitude. But we see he's busy setting his bone because he's a badass. Yep. So he sets his broken leg and then uses a wrench to act as a splint. Yep. I guess it's a pair of wrenches. I can You can just see the one side because I saw a little bit of the other. Because obviously a one-sided splint doesn't do a whole lot for you. And we do is like, man, this guy's gross. What have I gotten myself into? Yep. And he stares at his Gundam wing as the ser- or the song ends. And it's to be continued. Yep. So, Kevin, thoughts on episode three? 
I mean, the funniest thing is still the the battle Zeppelin. Like, <laughs> yes, it's so dumb. Yes, Batman the animated series was still relevant, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. But I mean, I'm I'm getting interested in this. Like the pilots are starting to meet up, and it's like, all right, cool. Now that they're starting to kind of realize, hey, maybe we should be working together. Maybe Operation Meteor can actually be a success rather than, oh, there's another Gundam over there. Well, maybe I should murder it. Yeah, it is a little too bad that we kind of have the same dynamic in both places that Catcher and Duo are both like, we should team up. And Troa and Hero are both like, go fuck yourself. Yes. (laughs) I need to kill myself. But agree to it anyway. Go fuck yourself. Fine. (laughs) This is a weird episode for me. There's lots of stuff I like about it. The Battle Zeppelin is funny. Um, the tall geese is finally here. That's cool. I do genuinely really like that first shot of it. Yeah. That's where it's literally holding its head because it's not attached. Yep. Um, I like the Zex stuff, but like, it's also weird to me that it's like two episodes. Yeah. In a way. Like I said, the Zex stuff carries through. It's set up in the first half and carries into the second, but it's basically, here's a half story about hero and duo escaping a hospital. Yep. And here's a half story about how Tro and Catra met. But I guess that's a problem with having your cast split so much and wanting to get screen time for all of them. Yeah, that doesn't bother me as much because they're like, hey, we've got five main characters and then they're all together right now. I just wonder if you could have cut between them to add some tension, but I don't know that that would have worked well. I don't think so. Especially since it's a big fight scene at the end. It works better as a climax than the hospital escape. Yeah, and the hospital escape, like you could have cut into the hospital escape, but I don't think the battle would have been able to be cut well. Because, you know, like they could have cut in like and... Honestly, it kind of would have been weird splicing in scenes of like just hero in the on the cross, like true, and him bleeding. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I don't know that it would have been better. Like I said, I just find it a little odd. Like I've said before, the Gundam Wing's not my favorite, and this beginning portion I think is a little slow. Um, once we get up to space, I start to like it a little bit more. Gotcha. But yeah, that will just about do it for this episode. Join us in a month on Patreon or whenever we get to it on not Patreon when we will be watching. Episode 4, The Victorian Nightmare. Until then, like I said at the start, www.lastpodcast.com is our website. www.patreon.com slash lastpodcast is our Patreon, where you will get these episodes monthly. So if you like what you hear, head over there. And there should, by the time this is in the free feed, be quite a few there. Yep. So, Kevin, do you know what a Gundam is yet? No, but the thumbnail for the next episode, I just keep looking at that and going, why is female hero there? We'll find out next time.